Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who love to read. Readers who love to write. And anyone who loves words. Okay, so today, continuing our series of things to kind of think about and do before you start writing, we are talking about outlines and plots. So we talked a little bit about tools already this month, and we've talked about character development. And we thought we would take an episode today to kind of talk about outlines and plotting. Now, we have done a couple episodes where we've dived more deeply into a couple of particular plotting techniques or yes. strategies like the hero's journey and the heroine's journey. And, um, and we've periodically talked about Save the Cat in various episodes and little bits and pieces here and there. Um, so clearly, there are a lot of different methods for plotting. But I think what I would be myself interested in kind of talking about today <laughs> is sort of the benefits of outlining and plotting and yes. also like our own experience with those things. Um, what's worked for us, what hasn't, what's helped and what hasn't, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't know, Laura, I don't even know like if you're much yes. of an outliner or not. Like I know you do a lot of planning and like, yes. like to kind of think through stuff before, but when it comes to like plotting and structure, do you outline, do you not? I am actually like a really interesting mix, I think, of them. I am not a really deep planner into plot points, but what I am probably more planning around is my characters, like getting connected with them, getting to kind of figure some of those things out with them so that I know where they begin yeah. and I can where start to see where up. they end because yeah. for me like that is key is a story has to have a beginning and it has to have an end I yeah. may not actually use the beginning I start with and I may not sure. use the end that I have in mind sure. but having some form of a you know looking at it as like some people talked about pl plotting and planning as roadmaps and I think that really helped me is like where's my beginning point where's my end point that really helped me figure out what is authentic to their journey what is kind of the things that I know need to happen to them yeah. so I discovery right but I probably have more points on a like this needs to happen to them here and there. Yeah. I, I'm not locked into a very structured, this has to happen. And then this, and this, and this, and this, and this, I, I, I like trying things on and yeah. seeing what works and then being kind of open to, well, I have this scene there, but it doesn't really do, you know, this. So maybe it needs to be cut or maybe yeah. it's just a muddy scene that needs to be tightened up. So that's kind of, it's half discovery, half planning, and it's very kind of intuitive and gut-ish. Yeah. But I do need to have a semi-clear idea of where they start and where they end and mm -hmm. how they change in order to figure out what the plot points themselves are. Mm -hmm. I'd say if we look at it from the like, story and change versus plot I I am all about the story and change versus yeah. the plot some of that I think falls into place as I discovery right and yeah. I figure out okay what is the story I'm trying to tell <laughs> I like that analogy of a map a lot like I think um and like road road maps or like a road signs like I think if you can kind of know at least like where they're starting where you want them to end up 
even thinking about it like a map, like this city to that city, you know, like yes. maybe it's not actually that in terms of yours, but if you kind of think about it like that, they can take a lot of different roads to get to those two places and you can have a lot of different stops along the way, but kind of having that idea of where you're going, I think is really helpful. For sure. Absolutely. And I have had situations from just my writing standpoint where I've gotten down to like having scenes in mind and then all of a sudden a character shows up in a scene early or won't show up to another scene and there's yeah. sometimes where I give them a pass and there's sometimes where I'm like I'm sorry I appreciate why emotionally you don't want to be in this scene but you have to be there because <laughs> the story is going this way right. and so I can kind of adjust the the plot to suit the needs of the character change to suit the needs of the <laughs> overarching story rather than giving into the plot but sometimes I'm like yeah sorry, you have to go back there. Uh, there's nothing I can do. Right. <laughs> well, and how right now are you approaching it? Has that changed from when you first began? Is it it's changed a lot? Yeah. <laughs> is it, is it project to project? How, how is that? It is kind it? of project to project for me. I will say I started out my first two books. I entirely pantsed as they say, like I just, I had no idea where I was going, no idea. I did no plotting, no planning ahead of time, um, apart from like some character development kind of stuff. Um, but I had no idea about the story or what was going to happen. And each scene was just like, what crazy thing can I throw at them? What <laughs> might happen next? Which was fine. And it was fun. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of writers to write that way and it works for them. I found that I got stuck a lot <laughs> and I got frustrated a lot. And I also ended up with a lot of plot holes and a lot of wrong turns and just characters making choices that didn't make sense and things that, that didn't really drive the story forwards. A lot of scenes that needed to be cut, scenes that were in the wrong place. And I got, I got really annoyed with that. It, it took a ton of revision. So my first book was like that, but I kind of just set it aside. My second book was like that. And I spent three years trying to revise it and still ended up with a book that was a mess and not worth anybody reading, <laughs> or I feel that. And it really wasn't like, it's really been just the last three years, I guess, that I started being more intentional about outlining and plotting and just learning more about plot. For me, it's been super helpful. Um, it's changed. I mean, the book I wrote last year, one of the books I wrote last year, I guess I wrote two books last year. And one of the, them in particular, both of them, I wrote super fast, like less than two months each. And I couldn't have done that without an outline. Like I, I yeah. knew where I was going. And so I knew what scene came next and I knew what, you know, like it was the most outlined I've ever done. And it really worked for that project. Now the project that I'm doing right now, <laughs> I tried, I tried reverse engineering this project actually, which was a really fascinating study. I started with the tagline and then wrote the query letter and then the summary and then an outline and then started writing. Now I <laughs> I veered away from my summary, looking back on it now, I realize yeah. that. Um, and I wrote a bunch of things in the wrong direction because I didn't know how to write the genre that I was trying to write and how it differed from other types of genres and how that meant the outline needed to differ. So I realize that now, <laughs> but, and now I'm having to kind of go back again and re-outline and restructure and piece things apart in a way that feels a little more like I basically did a discovery draft while thinking that I was doing a really outlined draft yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I learned a lot through yeah. that, that draft like I I didn't get all the way through but I got to the midpoint I wrote 50,000 words and I learned a ton about the characters now so now I feel like I can go back and outline 
knowing a lot more about the characters, knowing a lot more about the world, knowing a lot more about how to write this particular genre. Yeah. And so like, it feels a little bit different this time around. Like I am outlining and I'm also not and I'm <laughs> re-outlining. <laughs> but for me, it's been really helpful to just know something. And, and I kind of find it, like I find plot fascinating, like just the shape of, have you seen actually that Vonnegut video of him teaching the shape of stories? No. Oh my gosh. We got to put it in the notes. It's okay. So we will. But, I but he talks about now. six basic like shapes of a story yes. and, and kind of like outlines them on this grid and kind of rise and fall and fall and rise, yes. like, and just all the different ways that things can go. Yes. And like that stuff, I, I find it really fascinating. And I tend to be pretty heady in my writing anyway, <laughs> and in yes. how I approach my writing. So it's, it's interesting to me to be like, okay, what, do I want the shape of this story to be and where yes. not just like where do I want to go but how do I want it to get there and move there and things but even within that like I said I change a lot as I go and individual scenes change a lot that all tends to be kind of discovery for me but I like I really like to have at least my beginning my midpoint and my end yes can we talk about that with the yeah. like rises and falls because mm -hmm. I actually think that that's really profound like I, I don't like getting overly particular about the beats because I don't think that that is like the necessary part of structure but I think the shape of your story is very important in terms yeah. of is the action rising is it going down are you doing a downward spiral like how yeah. is the story being told and where is your change happening what does the change look like because yeah. if you don't know the elevation of your story i think that's also how it gets a little hodgepodge is because one is really high and then one is down and it, it feels like it's all over the place it's not necessarily moving in a specific direction yeah or well and, th and that's a good point with moving like i think stories have to move and you know something yes. has to happen otherwise it's not Absolutely. a story <laughs> um, there has to be some sort of movement so knowing what kind of movement you want is super helpful yeah and I think one, there's also like a Reedsy um, article about seven different story structures. Let's talk about this I saw that article, one. yeah, actually yeah. I was preparing. It's really good, it's very and helpful. It, it is fantastic. I love, I, like you, I love seeing the actual elevation changes in a graph because I think it does kind of help you visualize in a way. So go for it, what are the six structures? Yeah, so Vonnegut's about? six are rags to riches, which is basically mm -hmm. a rising action or or riches to yeah. rags, which is a falling action, a uh, man in a hole, which is a fall and then a rise, mm. Icarus, which is a rise and then a fall, Cinderella, which is a rise, then a fall, then a rise, Yes. <laughs> and Oedipus, which is a fall, then a rise, then a fall. Yeah, which is interesting. And, and he kind of talks about Cinderella being people's favorite in terms of story shape mm. in the video or in his lecture. Which I think is interesting. It makes sense. It's that kind of uh, you get more dynamics with lots of things moving yeah. instead of, you know, like with a rise and a fall and then a rise again. And you still get that happy ending at the end. Whereas yeah. with some of those, when, you know, when you're is, falling out, which you don't. <laughs> yeah. uh, Oedipus is brutal and yes. downward spirals are, you can't look away, but it's painful. Like you yes. sit there. And then I often, I, just personally, like with rags, rags to riches, when they don't dip somewhere like yeah I don't often believe them yeah because I'm like I'm not sure that feels to me like but the thing is like 
there's no wrong way of doing it either. And sometimes sure. that's what the story needs. Yeah. And it depends how far down you're, you're going from and how scrabbly that climb is. Like yes. it's too easy to win. You're like, but if it's a hard fought mm-hmm. the entire time, then I think it can be really satisfying. And I like that that's not overly prescriptive. Like yeah. I, I tend to hesitate with things that are really prescriptive because each story might have different needs and it might need a few more sitbacks. You might need a yeah. couple more rises and falls in there mm-hmm. that, that might make it feel truer or maybe in the specific story that you're doing, but the overarching again, the elevation of where the story is going will probably map on to something similar to those. Yeah. (laughs) And I think figuring out what suits the story you're trying to tell, again, from a roadmap perspective, from the, okay, if this is what I'm trying to get to, what feels authentic? Yeah. And what points help support that those movements in that direction so that you don't have a bunch of things that don't actually really add to anything <laughs> that yeah. they don't show any movement or change or even setbacks or like any of that mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes stories get a little bit lost in their direction and sometimes yeah. they can feel that that you're like yeah. you almost start to doubt like does this author have place that they're going like and 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 if it's not meant to be very strategically like that way (laughs) that can start to erode the trust I think yeah for for readers yeah they don't have confidence in where the story is going if it meanders too much and I I think you know we can look at Stephen King and what he says on writing which he is a discovery writer he gives his premise and he has his interesting characters and he sets them loose and that's definitely valid Mm -hmm. but there's also like Terry Burks is a really good alternate to that because basically he said you know like when he outlines he's able to actually get into the details of you know it takes Mm -hmm. away kind of the overarching weight of the story it takes it off his hands and then he can play around with it a little more and so figuring out okay like for this project what makes sense and for what it is even what genre as I was kind of getting ready for this there were several things that indicated you know certain genres are a lot more locked into certain structures or certain like assumptions about what you're going to see you know romance has definite like there should be like something that happens at the end and if it doesn't people are going (laughs) to come for you and that I think knowing that even mysteries Mm -hmm. I think knowing what your readers will expect out of that you know expecting a fair game that you're going to deal with them relatively fairly that you're actually going to give them answers um that something's gonna be wrapped up at the end like knowing those things of like what what is the expectation of the genre in terms of structure and where you can just play in a sandbox and do whatever 
Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's a spectrum and there's not really any wrong way in it, but I think everyone, no matter where you fall in that spectrum can benefit from asking some very basic questions before you start about where you want to go, where you want to end up. What's the basic shape of this story? Like, I think even people who just totally are discovery writers can benefit from that or can find it helps their story to move along and helps keep them from getting stuck when they don't know where to go. Absolutely. And I think outlining really can be the the ability to like hold on to the threads of the story even if you don't do it all up front even if it comes together as because you don't have to outline in a specific direction and sometimes you can do draft one and two and figure out what scenes are even necessary and what scenes you need by trying to write it and see what you know seeing what it isn't I think that can be really almost having that openness of this project could go this way. This project could go that way. You can re-outline. You can yeah. throw it out and start again. Do you mind if I real quick bring up the Pixar storytelling? Yeah. yeah um, even for people who don't really like to outline, this can be really helpful in just kind of tacking down what the story is. And we have yeah. talked about this before in our Pixar yeah. episode, but I think even just as a way to pin down the story, it can be helpful. Um, so this is one of Pixar's storytelling rules. It's number four, I believe. And this is how they kind of structure their stories in very loosely. Once upon a time, there was blank. Every day, blank. One day, blank. Because of that, blank. Yeah. Because of that, blank. Until finally, blank. I think that that is a great, like story structure tool because it is so open and yet it still shows so much movement it's like something happens that pushes the character into a new direction and causes these other things to happen or this other train of events to line up until you get to the end <laughs> whether that end is happy or not or whatever it is <laughs> like, exactly but well, I think I- writing something out like that gives you this idea of like okay this is where we're going and what it's going to spark us onto that <laughs> journey or get us there. Absolutely. And you can even, as you said, reverse engineer that. You might get to the end first mm-hmm. before you get into those middle sections. And that's all of that is valid. You don't have to have your answers in a specific order. I think that was what opened my mind when we first saw this was you can do this anyway. Yeah. And do you mind if I ask you about when you reverse engineered into it using the synopsis Mm -hmm. did you use a snowflake method specifically or so I have never heard of the snowflake (laughs) method until like the last two weeks and it's basically a method of writing a story that starts you with your one sentence almost like a log line that encapsulates the story I just threw my pen, which was really fun. <laughs> no, I can see that, but it was awesome. It was for emphasis. Um, so you start with the one sentence and then you grow that to one paragraph that can mm-hmm. basically encapsulates the major signposts. And then you work with that into like developing some of the characters, like writing down your characters, getting to know them a little bit, very kind of superficially mm-hmm. and starting to get their wants and needs but really on that kind of first level. And then you take that paragraph and expand it into your one page summary. Mm-hmm. And then you get into character profiles. You kind of expand it a little farther. And then you get into a several page kind of, again, expansion 
of those broader things that you did in the one page. And yeah. I, I've never tried it. I just thought it was a fascinating <laughs> idea for, it could work for someone that yeah. it's, you know, it's a unique method. I'd never heard of it. There's an entire book called how to write a novel using the snowflake method. It's by mm-hmm. Randy Inger Mason or Manson. And there you go. Just in case like you, yeah, I hadn't, right to you. <laughs> I hadn't heard of that method, but that is essentially what I did. I started with a yeah. log line, one sentence, and I expanded that into a paragraph and a query letter because I didn't, yeah. I got really frustrated writing a query letter after the fact. Absolutely. Um, so, and then expanded that paragraph into a synop- one page synopsis. And then I expanded that into a full outline, which ended up being like 20 or 30 pages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, it, ended up not working for me, but I think that was partly because I veered away from it quite yeah. a bit and ended up as I wrote, some things came out in the discovery that changed the course of the story a little bit. And so then that stuff affected it. <laughs> so I think it was like a little too structured for me. Yes. <laughs> I think I needed enough space to like still let some of those things come out because they still did. And that happened and I couldn't really avoid that. But it was interesting and very helpful. I yeah. did do still really like having the logline first and that first paragraph. Like, I don't think that I would try to do the whole synopsis first and outline as detailedly as I did with this project again, because it just didn't end up working. But I really like starting with the logline and having that yeah. paragraph. That was helpful. Well, and I love that idea of getting the kernel of the idea, because I, yeah. I really started with I mean, even without even being aware of the snowflake method, I had an idea of what that log line or that general like the feel of the log line even if it wasn't in words um before I had anything else even characterization and and that consolidating the kernel of the idea into that type of thing that you know is true Mm -hmm. that you know is like authentic as part of your story I think some of that is like figuring out what is the authentic parts of like what is authentically part of your story and what is it just you trying to make stuff happen (laughs) to like match certain beats and sometimes that's hard especially when you're trying to figure it out and really realizing that anything that gets you to figure out either what your story is or what it isn't Mm -hmm. is helpful because it's just all about that trying to find your way through trying to find signposts or, or compass markings yeah. that is like okay this is the way yeah. <laughs> it's like you go off on this tangent and you're like oh no that was that was definitely not yes it's funny how sometimes you you get this spidey sense that it's like okay I, I know that that may not be it mm-hmm. but it's closer to it than not so I'm gonna leave it there until I can revisit it yes. and figure it out what it really authentically is all right well we hope you enjoyed this conversation and we hope that you took something out of it and um are able to just try out some things really like i think that one of the best things you can do with plotting an outline is experiment try really detailed ones if you've never tried that before try loose ones if you've never tried that before like just kind of expand your options because you might be surprised what fits you and what works for you and you might be surprised what doesn't too So we hope you experiment. We hope you have fun. We hope you um, take a moment before you jump into writing to just ask some basic questions. And um, we hope you keep reading and writing and putting things out in the world. Thanks for joining us. We hope you subscribe and yeah, let us know what you think. Leave a comment if you enjoyed this. All right, that's it. I'll stop. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo!